the elegant excellence journal is coming back. Friend, I need you to understand how excited I am. Physical products that are this complex take so much lead time. I had changes based on your feedback, based on my fresh ideas that I wanted to make 18 months ago to the Elegant Excellence Journal. We spent months and months and months working on it this summer and this fall, and we have, I think it is seven new changes debuting for 2023 that I have been bursting at the seams to share with you. I have been using my samples for eight months, and I am obsessed, and it has been so hard not to want to put them on Instagram stories and give them to you guys. So head over to elegantexcellencejournal.com today. I will We'll put that link in the episode description. And for the first time ever, something you have asked for for years is a private community to gather with me, to ask questions, to support one another, go deeper, make like-minded friends, share how you're using the journal, get fresh ideas, share your ahas, help one another, hear one another's ahas. So you can also hear about how to join us inside the Elegant Excellence community at elegantexcellencejournal.com. So this, my dear, is your year for more authentic friendships, more inspiring, supportive relationships, more peace and confidence, and you love, have found the right group of people if you are looking to live life more kindly, calmly, clearly, joyfully, joyfully, and feel more beautiful about yourself and your life inside and out. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hello, friend. I am recording this podcast episode from bed, which I believe is a first for me. <laughs> Though with my little travel mic, it's giving me pandemic vibes when we were hiding out in Arizona for a while because we were out of New York when the pandemic broke here and I just had my little travel microphone and uh, I feel like we just clung to so many of those episodes as we were all going through the same hard thing. And so maybe it is fitting that I am just having a really hard day and I'll kind of explain why and how I got there. But at some point I thought maybe I just talk about the day that I'm having because this episode I think would have helped me so much on so many days if I found it and really just the episodes where people are being incredibly authentic about what they're struggling with. I think it's always made me feel better but especially in this last year and a half when I've been going through really difficult things. Every time I hear someone, and especially when it's a woman that I think is wise and leaning into all of the self-help things, and I mean, of course, that's why I'm listening to them to begin with. And so uh, there is some measure of respect there to begin with that then when they're struggling, I realize 
I think other people are struggling less. I think other people are doing better when they are struggling. And I think in the last year hearing Brene Brown do an episode and Glennon Doyle do an episode and just different friends of mine, I'll see Mel Robbins post something on Instagram and it's just helped me so much. And yet I also know from being in a position of struggling for the last year and a half, and not being in a place where I'm really able to share specifics around it, I think makes it harder that it feels like you don't want to just be negative. You don't want to just be like, I'm still struggling, I'm still grieving. But then it does a disservice to not do that because it makes it seem like you have moved on. You have healed. You're fine. And all the positive stuff you share, which is also true and also authentic, that that's all there is. And I don't really have an answer to that, but I will say I certainly have never followed someone where I thought, oh my gosh, is she still struggling? Like we're still talking about this. So I guess I can just reflect to myself for the moment that we probably fear other people are thinking that more than they're actually thinking it. And it is probably more welcome to hear the authenticity than we realize. So I don't know what I'll call this episode when I uh, actually upload it, but what I wrote at the top of my little notes sheet in my Elegant Excellence journal was, I'm still grieving and I don't know how to stop. And What I mean is I'm just tired. Like I want to be done with it now. I want to be over it. I want to be past the circumstance and the scenario. I want the circumstance that happened in my life over the last year and a half. I want it to be done. (laughs) I want it to not have power over me anymore. I want it to, I want to be not affected by it. It feels like a victim when it's still impacting me. It it just and so I I I I wanna be past it. And yet I don't think that's how grief works. <laughs> um but I don't think I'm alone in the feeling of like, okay, can we be done with this now? So what happened today is is comical. And yet, it's so real. What happened today is that I have this sunrise alarm clock. I bought it years ago. It like lights up the room. It's great in winter when it's dark out. It got put away a couple years ago. I wasn't, like, I I don't really have space for it on my nightstand. But then a few weeks ago, I was like, you know what? I should get that out again. It is so hard to wake up in the winter when it's dark out. So we get it out. We can't figure out how to get it to work. It like lights up in the middle of the night one night. We put it away. Well, anyways, yesterday my husband is being so sweet and he is like trying to set it up for me. So at like three o'clock in the afternoon, he's like, what time do you want to wake up tomorrow? And I should have said, it's too early for me to decide that right now. I need to get back to you later and figure it out. But I just went, um, 6 a.m.? So he sets it up and then as I'm going to sleep, I'm like, I really want to wake up at 6.30, but I don't want to ask him to reset this. So like, it'll be fine. Well, 6 a.m., it goes off and it is 
so loud. It's so much louder than my phone alarm is and feels in the moment so much more aggressive. And I think what happened in that moment is that my adrenaline flooded, like my cortisol flooded. It was this small trigger that like snapped my body into a like defensive posture. Like I am angry about this. This is feeling aggressive. I am feeling on alert. And I like turned it off and I laid back down and we tried to like, you know, spoon for a while. And I was aware like what is going through my mind right now is all like rumination and rage rage and anger and anxiety. Like all the things I was thinking about as I laid there were all so intense. They weren't like you know, some mornings I will wake up with more anxiety or um, or stress and I, it'll be because of what I was dreaming about. And I don't even know what I was dreaming about in this case because it felt like I was just alerted so intensely. And if you think about it, like imagine that like the fire alarm goes off in your house, you know, for a moment your body just panics. You're like, what was that? It, like, oh my gosh. And you turn it off, but like your body is still on alert a little bit. It is physiologically designed to do that so you can respond to threats. And so it makes sense that my nervous system is now heightened. And then from that place, it's almost like it attracts all the heightened nervous system things that are like, ooh, is this the space that we're starting the day in? Because I I can bring anxiety to the party and I can bring anger here. And I was just like, oh, man. So I got up and I was feeling so discouraged because – I definitely have been burnt out for the last month. I had someone on my team quit at the top of the year without warning and um, it just sucked all the energy out of the start of my year. Like I had spent three weeks resting and organizing and vision casting and using my Elegant Excellence Goals Journal and creating this whole map for the year and I was feeling honestly more – like grounded in myself, more inner confidence, more authentic ownership of my life and what I want. Like I was in such a good space. And this is after a year and a half of this traumatic grief scenario that I've been walking through. And so that felt so healing. It felt so hopeful. And then literally five minutes into the start of the year, I check my email and I have this message here just as I'm supposed to like get on this call and I'm like, my, I, I'm, I'm literally to work five minutes early. My, my work year hasn't even begun. It's the first Monday of the year and I'm have, supposed to have my first call at 10 a.m. and it's 9.55 and I get this news and it's like, I just know everything has fallen apart. Like I'm going to have to do two jobs because I, I don't have time to hire for this person right now. We're heading into a launch. Like, and so for the last month, I've been burned out because I'm doing two jobs. And as I always talk about with healing burnout, it is not your fault that you were burned out necessarily. Sometimes it is. Sometimes we make unwise choices, but a lot of times it is circumstance. And it may be small circumstances adding up or it may be a big circumstance like that that you just, you didn't see coming. So this weekend, I felt like I did all the things right. Like I've been using all of my tools all month, but then it still was building and especially this weekend, I just felt like I did all the things right and just really paying attention to my body and what was going to feel good and was going to make me feel good going into the week. Like it was just such a positive weekend overall. And 
then it was so discouraging to feel like a tiny trigger happened. And now the thing is with the nervous system, your nervous system feels, it doesn't think. It's a physiological response that you have. The fight or flight response is something that happens in your body with your blood pressure, with your, you know, all of the physical things within you literally shift when you see that lion coming towards you, when the fire alarm goes off. Like, and so this physical thing can happen to your body, especially when you have been more heightened. You're, you are more used to anxiety. You are more used to fight or flight. You are more used to being panicked. You're more used to being on alert. And even as you heal that over time, it is still there and more easy to trigger than someone like my husband, for example, doesn't really have the the fight or flight response as much. Like at, at an alarm going off like that would not be as sensitive in his body. But if you have had more trauma, you have more of that trauma response. Like PTSD, we're familiar with that. If something traumatic has happened, a small thing can happen that is not upsetting to anyone else and you can be like, <gasps> what just happened? You're like, oh, I dropped my cell phone. It was fine. But that noise reminded you of something. So – It makes sense that I can feel this really heightened response, but it also feels discouraging because you've used all the tools and you've done all the right things and it still feels like, oh my gosh, my day is just, I was thinking of that phrase we use, like, do you get get up on the wrong side of the bed or you just started the day off on the wrong foot? And I thought I have never resonated with that as deeply as I do right now because I, it feels like I just, this was the wrong side of the bed and there was nothing that I could do about it. So I wake up and I'm really trying to walk the walk. Uh, I'm going to use all of my tools to address my nervous system and get myself into a better place. So I like take out my ice pack. I'm icing my vagus nerve. I am doing my slow breathing, like inhale for four, hold for six, exhale for eight. I am then going to heat. I'm making my warm tea, but I also am just like holding it against my body. Just anything that's grounding you in your body, calming the body, making it feel more safe. I do a tapping exercise. If you know EFT, emotional freedom technique, I find this tapping exercise that I do and I'm not really resonating with the words that the person is saying, but I'm just saying my own words. Like she's going slower than I want her to. So I'm just saying everything twice to myself, like really just trying to make it work, not quit. I'm using my Elegant Excellence Journal, which is not about the, the feeling sensation in the body. It is about thinking, but I'm also trying to support myself in that way. I have the aha that I'm wanting the distraction from my phone. And I think, you know, sometimes like I just wanted to go on Instagram. I wanted to check the news, something. And I was aware, okay, this is, you're craving a distraction And is this distraction really going to help you towards healing? Most of the time, I now note when, because of all the slowness work that I've done in healing burnout, I now can notice you're just wanting a distraction. Like, what are you wanting a distraction from? And usually that's like, sit with the emotion, stay with it. But in this case, I thought, you know what though? At some point, and I think I referenced this in another podcast recently, the... Emotional Guidance Scale by Abraham Hicks, 22 Steps to Feel Better in a Day podcast episode that I did. You reach a point in that 
where you max out how high you can go, choosing a better feeling thought, helping yourself to feel better on that topic. And in order to continue up the scale, what you ultimately may need to do is change topics because you may never feel the most positive feelings around what you're going through right now. And so I thought, well, if you're just trying to change focus, then maybe it's not a bad thing that my body is saying, okay, Hillary, we've journaled about this. I don't think we're going to feel better about this if we just keep journaling on it. So let's switch gears and try something new. Now, switching to my phone wasn't going to make me feel better, but it did just like give me a distraction for a moment. And we normally think of distraction as bad. But in some ways, I thought, you know what, though? If my body is feeling a lot of negativity, maybe it's good to just give myself that distraction. I'm trying to heal the negativity, but like, you know, taking a break, taking a timeout. Then I went on a walk. I moved my body. Um, I verbal processed with a friend. So again, this is the more the thinking rather than the feeling, but I'm trying a different modality than the writing. I came back and I, um, again, I'm distracting myself. I'm listening to Harry uh, Prince Harry's book, Spare, right now, which I am obsessed with. I am loving it. So I put that on, which is not normally what I do first thing in the morning, but I just, again, was like, maybe just get your mind off of this. Like you're doing everything you can physically, but if your mind isn't going to be able to feel better because your your body, your nervous system is triggered and, and isn't going to get there through thinking, then let's just like take the distractions while we're setting up the office, whatever. And I started to work today. I was supposed to uh, record podcast episodes and I, that's what I was scheduled to do. And so I wrote an episode, but I noted that my work is a little bit unique in that a lot of my work is talking about what my own thoughts, feelings, experiences, lessons, growth, roadblocks, highs, lows. And that's so beautiful. And it's not all of what I do because there is so much like strategy and systems and processes and all of that that goes into the business. But specifically when I'm teaching, it's almost always coming from a very personal, vulnerable place. Sometimes it's experiences that that I've walked through with friends. But in this case, it wasn't even like I was speaking on something so incredibly deep, but I still, it was just hard to want to, to, to get caught up, to get focused in these other things that I was talking about when part of my brain was still thinking about this because the story I'm telling is still other times recently when things were hard and I was working through something. It's not the same thing as if I was just going to work, if I just worked for a coffee company and I was doing their marketing, I can like shut off the personal side of my brain and get sucked into this in the same way I can listening to Prince Harry's book. But when I'm talking about my own life, now we're back to my own life. So now we're just trying to, you know, really think through it. And I just was, I just didn't even feel in the right headspace to record a podcast. I was like, I feel like part of my brain is going to be thinking about this other thing. I just am struggling to focus because I'm still talking about my life on the one hand. And on the other hand, there is something else like happening in my life that I'm trying to distract myself with by talking about this other thing in my life. Like it's just not as effective as being on a totally different topic. And so then I came out to the kitchen and I said to Jeremy, I 
am struggling with what to do because I feel exhausted. And I know that now from from um, researching my research on burnout that and from studying my body and and being more self-aware, this this kind of exhaustion is this is from burnout because i I rested over the weekend. I got good sleep over the weekend. I don't actually need to take a nap because I am deficient in sleep. I am exhausted because my body has been on high alert. My my nervous system has been flooded and all of those chemicals are leaving me feeling like I just need to lay down. And it's it's not because of actually like the sleep component of it. So I said I am torn because I know like what I keep teaching is that we want to trust ourselves. We want to listen to our body. And when she says she needs to rest, when she says she needs to get out and get some fresh air, she needs to move, she needs to be quiet, she needs to spend time with friends, like whatever that is, growing in your self-awareness so that you notice that and then listening to and honoring it. But I know that the conundrum there is that when it comes to your body telling you she needs to rest, the reason we're afraid to trust ourselves is because we know what all is on our plate, our day, our week, our schedule, our deadlines, our bandwidth, what all is on our plate. And so we're like, I don't know. Because if I listen to you right now and I let you rest, when is today's work getting done? Does that mean that I'm working on Saturday? Like, when am I going to make up for this? We've we've got all the other days allocated. And so that's why it's hard for us to rest in the same way that it might be like, I'm kind of craving seeing friends and feeling lonely, but then there's another part of you that's like, but you're really exhausted. Are you going to feel more depleted after that? Like, you, there's other instances where it feels hard to believe you're, – you're afraid to believe yourself because what you're worried is, if I do what I'm feeling led to do – Am I going to end up more burned out? Like, am I sure I'm not going to make it worse? And should I not either fight or flee in another way? Should I either fight by being like, push through, don't let yourself quit, you got to go hard until five o'clock, or am I going to flee of like, don't expend any extra energy, stay in your cocoon, don't commit to plans, your your phone is overwhelming when it comes to text messages. Like we kind of go one way or the other because we're just afraid. I'm so, I, I'm tired. I'm behind. I'm overwhelmed. What if I make it worse? And so I was like, I know that that's the dance and I don't have an answer right now. I don't know when else I would do this stuff. I don't know how else it would affect this week. But I also feel like, I have learned the lesson before that I need to trust myself. And it's fascinating how hard that is to do. But the reason I go back to it is because I've had past examples. Like I've saved the receipts of my life to say this other time you were afraid to slow down and listen to yourself and rest, but you did. And it ended up okay, right? Like everything didn't fall apart by the end of the week or the end of the month because of that. Like the sky hasn't crashed yet. So it did turn out okay. And you were grateful afterwards. And I don't even remember specific examples right now. I just know I've had that experience. And I think because – I think a big thing for me is because I 
journal so much now that I've gotten into the practice with the Elegant Excellence Journal. I am so much more self-aware and I know that the receipts are there. Even if I don't go back and reread the journal, I know that if I did, on the times that I do, I have such compassion for myself. I'm so aware how heavy the things are that I'm carrying. I see how well I was doing. I see what great insights and ahas I had. Like I know if I do go back, I'm going to be proud of myself for how I handled this. I've never gone back and been like, oh my gosh, you were just so lazy and you were making all these excuses and you weren't trying hard enough. But I know that's the story that happens for so many of us because you share that with me so often. So I say to him like, it is so hard to trust myself, but I think I, I think that's what I'm going to do. So I come into my bed, I turn on a meditation um and I sort of fall asleep a little bit I turn off the, turn off the meditation and I'm like okay I oh I know my friend Sadie Jane hosted this day long virtual retreat this weekend that a bunch of my girlfriends were speaking at and I wanted to hear what they had to share so I registered for it I listened to a bunch of the classes on Saturday which is one of the beautiful things that I did as part of my weekend because I really think like I I want to learn, I want to grow, I want to heal. So taking advantage of, you know, paid programs and paid courses and things like that I I find really valuable. And so my friend Jenna had done a class and I had missed the beginning of it. Um with my schedule. And so I was like, you know what? I bet that replay's there. So I checked my inbox. Replay was there. Listened to this class from um, Jenna Rammel. And I sit here and I take notes. And it's really healthy and helpful for me because I know what she's talking about is that she too went through her own grief journey. And she's been a really beautiful friend to it's really been beautiful for me in general, to be honest. I've had a lot of other friends go through grief that wasn't associated with death. And I think this is a conversation to expand on another time, but something I've been processing a lot behind the scenes is I think grief is more understandable when it is tied to death. And I wonder if That is because we have a humility that even if we haven't been through it, unless we, unless our life ends too soon, it is a normal part of being alive that we will have people that we love that die and we will have to grieve that death. That if we are lucky, that is our parents as an adult. Like that's literally the best case scenario. It's not a better case scenario to not grieve them because that means you died first. And so there is something I think that is like, there's almost a humility that we have. Even if we haven't been through it, we know we are going to have to go through it. And we've seen it modeled so many times in novels, in TV shows, like we've watched people grieve. And so we're very aware of it. But I think there's, I'm sort of rocked, I guess, by how many other Things there are that people go through that are such a deep grief that 
are so traumatic that don't have to deal with death. Things in their career, in fertility, in lawsuits, in mental health, in relationships. Like I just started rattling off to Jeremy as we were taking a walk a little bit ago. Um, after we after I listened to Jenna's class, uh, we took Freddie for his first trip to the park. Uh, we were waiting until he got microchipped and we're trying to take him out more often in his carrier so that he doesn't associate that with going to the vet because that's like the only place he's gone with it. Um, he was a little terrified, but we have like a harness and a leash for him and then he goes in this sling carrier that I have. He's a little terrified, but he also, to be fair, if you've watched my Instagram stories, he was really scared when he first started going out in our hallway. We like let him go for walks in our hallway in our apartment building. Um, like not on a leash or anything. There's no one there. And at first he was really nervous. And now like he loves it and he asks, he like sits at the door and meows like a dog would asking to go out for a walk. So we're like, okay, he's a little overwhelmed by this right now, but we believe that like he's gonna, he's so curious. He's gonna warm up to it. He's gonna love it. So anyways, um, and it's a beautiful day here. It's been so gray, so cold. Um, so we take him out for this walk. And I'm, I'm like rattling off to Jeremy, all of these friends, this one, this one, this one, this one, that have all gone through these deeply traumatic grief-filled scenarios that I have watched. And I think that when I said that like line, I'm still grieving and I don't know how to stop. I think it's that if, if you were my friend and you said to me, I lost my mom, I've been grieving it for X amount of time and I just, I want it to be over. I just want it to stop. I would say I am so sorry. That sounds so excruciating. And the the best that I know from like what I hear in culture, I don't think you can stop it. I don't think, I think it just is. I think it just has to happen. I think that time helps. Like I haven't been there yet. I haven't gone before you, so I can't speak for sure. But I'm pretty sure with what I know in culture, I would just say like, it just you 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 can't make it go any faster. You can't do it any better. I think you can do it worse, but you can't do it better. And I feel like that's how I'm doing this grief. Like I know I, I'm not doing it the worst that I could be doing it. I'm using all of my tools and I'm doing it in the healthiest way. But there also is just this sense like I don't want to just sit with it. It's It's less that I'm impatient for it to be over, though sure, yes. But I think it's more that I'm like, I'm afraid that the fact that I'm still struggling with it is a sign of immaturity as though I'm creating, I'm making myself more miserable. And that's because I have done that a lot over time in a way that I have a lot of compassion and empathy for. I think we all do when when we spiral, when you're anxious and you make yourself more anxious, when you're depressed and you make yourself more depressed. You have been, I mean, just you you are in this miserable place. You just got broken up with. You are heartbroken. And you do the things that actually make it feel worse. Like you hide away from your friends and you stay in your bed and you think like, I'm always going to be alone for forever and whatever. Like you actually make it worse. And now as I've gotten healthier, I know why would – if I've already got a headache, why am I going to smack myself in the face with a frying pan? 
Like that's just going to make it worse. And I actually want to make it better. I do not want to make it worse. And I think when we are in those places where we're making it worse, and I have such compassion for us because I think we're just afraid. We don't know what to do to make it better. We just don't have those tools. And so this is kind of the only option for us. It sort of reminds me, I had a friend whose daughter uh, is in high school and was, um, was cutting herself. And it just was like, she had a lot of social anxiety coming up after the pandemic and she started cutting herself. And I am not very conversant in that, but I, the little I understood about it, I realized it's like you just, you're feeling this pain and you're trying to process the pain. So counterintuitively, you do this thing that makes even more pain, but, but somehow it feels like you're making it better because at least you're doing something. At least you're not just sitting in the pain or whatever. So I have compassion for us in those times when we do that, but I also know now that it feels so much better when you don't do that. It feels so much better when you actually do things to make yourself feel better, not worse. And so I'm wanting to do that. I want to make the right choices. I want to be wise. I want to be kind to myself. I want to, you know, be my highest, most evolved self and not make myself feel worse. And I guess it's like, I think I'm just realizing that I don't think I've been in a scenario in my life that's been this long that I've been in trauma, in grief, like it's been different seasons, it's been different stages of it, but it's been over a year and a half now. And when I think back to times when I was battling depression or highly anxious, like it feels like it would be more of a season it, it wasn't just like a year and a half long story. Now, you may have, in your case, times when you were grieving for years. You may have lost someone to to death. You may have lost a marriage and found yourself like, that was three years ago and I am still grieving. For me, I think this is the longest. And I think it's that I know that it's not ending anytime soon. And it was really helpful to hear Jenna, who I mentioned has been through her own situation um both both different and similar and it's been so wonderful as I said to have some friends who are in some similar situation to just feel less alone and she just shared on this call like I it is shocking the repercussions that continue to arise like and I think her situation like ended six months ago it was 18 months while she was in it. So it's been about two years. Mine has been 18 months and it's not finished yet. And so I think to hear her being like, it, it's six months out for being finished, quote unquote, but the the repercussions are still shocking. And I think that's what that's what I'm going through is that there's new – there's new losses that you realize. There's new elements of the trauma that you see you were kind of glossing over or you maybe weren't really telling yourself the truth about just how awful that was. 
or you see someone else going through something similar and it's triggering or someone else going through something so much better and easier for you and it's triggering, you know, or you think of a new thing in your future that this impacts that just hadn't hit you before. And I guess I'm just struggling with the fact that I am still going to be struggling for a while and I just I don't want to accept that like as none of us do when something that's awful is happening you you of course you're not going to be okay with it but when it's a circumstance out of your control you can't change it and I guess Maybe I just haven't been in as elongated of a situation as this. When I'm like, it's been a year and a half, like minimum, this is another year, but I think probably it's another three, four years. And I guess it's just that I want to feel like with all my tools and with all my self-work that like I can I can make that not true for me. You know, like as though if you're just wise enough and self-actualized enough and know the right tools, you can avoid the suffering, you can avoid the fallout, you can think creatively, you can choose positivity, you and like, I guess that's maybe, I don't know if that's just because of the messaging that we receive that says that, you know, sort of the people talk about like toxic positivity. Um, I think part of it is just we aren't good at sitting with elongated grief and in my circumstance, I was aware of that a lot. Like when I would share things with people, how with my close friends, how quickly people want to shift to, oh, but you know, you could probably do this and it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll all work out. Like we just don't instinctively as humans, even humans that that love me and that I love them, it was really so shocking to realize how everybody we want to be able to fix it we want to be able to fix it for each other because that means that we could fix it for ourselves you know it's partially it's partially kind and it's partially self-preservation that we don't want to believe that something could happen to you when you felt like you were doing everything right quote unquote in life that you can't, you couldn't control and it just is now part of your story for so many years. And I think I also am acknowledging that I I downplay some of what's happened. I think even to myself, I think I do a little bit of that like shaming dance of like, are you being dramatic? Was it really that bad or whatever? And it's, but it's not my true voice. Like it's coming 
it's prejudging myself to quote unquote protect myself from the judgment I'm afraid I'll get from other people. Like, let's make sure to stress test this and make sure this really feels like valid grief and trauma because some people are going to invalidate it and be like, oh, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. Like, oh, I don't I don't know. She seems like super upset about it. Like, I get it wasn't cool, but I don't really get why it was like that upsetting. And we've all, we've all had that happen to us. We've all seen it happen to other people. And what I realized is that we've all done it because even as someone, like I am a deeply empathetic person, like just I don't know any other way to be. And yet when you don't understand something, when you've never been through it, you never, you don't know anybody who's been through it. It's just we're, we're distant from it. You don't know the ins and outs of the pain. And so on the surface, unless you go around just catastrophizing everything, there is a natural inclination to be more of an optimist. Like you don't want to be like, I bet that is a hundred times worse than I think it is. Like, you know, so we, we sort of maybe are wanting to be optimists throughout life. We're not trying to discount this grief. But then on the other hand, I also think that pain recognizes pain and health recognizes health. And that if you have been through grief and trauma, you you see the hallmarks in someone else. And you go, my circumstances were different, but like I can see the pain. I can – I see it on your face. I hear it in your voice. Like I've been there. It may have been for a totally different reason, but I know that feeling. And like it's so excruciating. And I also think that health recognizes health, meaning we all have, again, see, experienced or seen – I feel like we see this of other people online – of people having their grief dismissed, like even like the example of um, because the royals are on my mind with reading Prince Harry's book, like was it like Piers Morgan, the British talk show host that was like, I don't believe that Meghan Mark and Markle was really suicidal or whatever. And to anyone like myself who has struggled with suicidal ideation, it's so triggering to hear someone say that because you're just like that somehow that is the fear is that people are are going to dismiss it and are not going to believe you. But I think the only people, because there are people from an unhealthy place that dramatize and that exaggerate. And maybe we even dramatized and exaggerated when we were younger and less healthy. You may have been like super overdramatic about something at 16 or at 21 or something. So there's part of you that's like, well, you have overdramatized. You did act like your life was over when that guy broke up with you at 16. And like that was a little bit extreme in hindsight, you know. You did like actually believe that you were going to be, you know, whatever. Um, and so I think we have – we've acted out of that unhealth before. And we, we can see other people do it. We, we have known people in our lives that are really dramatic and that just like make a mountain out of a molehill. But that's because if you are healthy now, you can identify that that, that, is, that there's some unhealth that's happening there. But when you are healthy, and, and by healthy I mean like in – mental awareness, emotional awareness, like you're doing the work. You're listening to podcasts like this. You're doing the self-awareness. You're doing the self-help. You're 
you're going to therapy, you're taking the programs, you're, you know, just, you're, you're, you're trying. You're doing the things. You're making the wise choices. You're getting better. You see the growth in yourself from where you were a few years ago. And I think that health recognizes health, which means when I see someone else that's in pain and they, and, and I, and I can sense that they are healthy, then I just, I feel nothing but compassion and empathy for them. And I don't judge them. And I, I have the humility to say, there is probably so much about that story I don't understand. If I actually was in that, it, I'm sure it's 10 times worse than what I'm imagining right now. And the reason I know that is because I've had other friends in scenarios where I was like, oh, I thought that, you know, my mom like had a miscarriage between my sister and I and was like very nonplussed about it and had always told me that growing up, like, or, you know, in the rare times it came up, like she was like, yeah, like to me, I just thought like, oh, like it just wasn't, you know, but like cells just weren't coming together in the right way. It just wasn't meant to be. Like it wasn't traumatizing for her. And I remember when my first friend, Sarah, quite a few years ago now, went through a miscarriage that was really traumatizing. I remember going on a walk and talking with her about it and sort of being like, huh, this is a very different experience. Like she is very, very, very upset by this. And I I guess I didn't think this was something that people got very, very, very upset about. Because this is before people were sharing these things on social media. I mean, really, I even remember like four years ago maybe, maybe it was five, friends who were going through miscarriage and saying that like they couldn't find resources on it. They couldn't find community. They couldn't find people talking about it. People were not talking about that. So now, then I went through a spate where friend after friend was going through the scenario and friends with really extreme situations like suicidal ideation because of it, you know, three years of infertility, like three unexplained miscarriages. I mean, just excruciating stories and stillbirths, multiple friends with stillbirths. Like, and so now I know it so intimately, even though that's not my story. I have so much compassion for it because I've seen it so up close. And then if there's another story that I don't know, I'm like, you know, I didn't used to know that about miscarriage. And once I got an up-close seat because of friends, now I realize like it it has can have so much trauma and grief that I didn't know could be there. And so then that gives me the humility about other things to be like, there's probably a lot of grief and trauma there that I'm not understanding because I haven't had someone, you know, go through that experience. And so I I saw a friend recently. This is just a very stream of consciousness episode, but as I draw it to a close here, I was taking a bath the other night. Prince Harry and I have been taking baths together every night. Um, and, um, I was taking a bath, listening to Prince Harry and a friend texted me a photo, a friend who's gone through so much grief and trauma. And she texted me this photo and I just started crying and I was sitting there trying to figure out how to put it into words, like back to her, like, why, why am I having such an emotional reaction to this photo? How can I really put it into words? And I get out of the bath and I show it to Jeremy and I'm, kind of trying to explain to him and as we're talking about it, it hits us like the photo is abundance. 
this is someone who went through loss after loss after loss. And now all of a sudden in their life, there is abundance upon abundance. And that it just is so beautiful to see when you've walked through so much grief with someone for there to really be abundance. And Jeremy said something to the effect of, you know, just something like, you know, I guess life really is long. And when you're in it, the grief and the loss just feels like it is endless and it just keeps going. But then you do get to another chapter where things are better and where there's abundance. And suddenly these friends of ours are in a season of abundance and it almost feels like a surprise. Like, oh my gosh, it like snuck up on you. Like you were still bracing for the loss and the grief for them. And suddenly there's this abundance. And and as he was describing it, I just said like, Maybe that can be our story too. Maybe that can be our story because right now it just feels like so much loss and grief. And I know realistically, and I think it's a difference too. It's not because I'm catastrophizing. It's not because I'm making the worst case scenario. I just know realistically this isn't going away for years. Like as Jenna said, like it just... The repercussions of things sometimes are shocking and they just keep adding up and you're telling yourself the truth when you say, this isn't just going to be another hard month. This isn't just going to be done if I can get through the spring. Like, And I think I, the reason that I've been feeling discouraged specifically right now, like, you know, I... I mean, and I know it because, and I'm, I'm sure so many of you can relate, like, because it's, you are burned out and then you do the things to heal and then like another thing happens and you do the things to heal and like, you just go through seasons of life where it just feels like the hits keep coming and it's not like nothing good is happening, you know, like there is so much I have to be grateful for and I'm sure you do as well, like. I love my husband. I got a kitten in the last um, few months. Like I am sitting in my bed, like looking out at the Freedom Tower and watching the sunset over New York City. And I can't believe that this is my home. And I mean, there's just so much that I have to be grateful for. And I am. I have this like amazing new uh, person on my team who's just phenomenal. Like there's so much I have to be grateful for. Um there's things that ended in 2022 that were actually a blessing and like I felt grateful that the door, that doors closed and things got taken away. I do have so much that I'm grateful for and yet it doesn't make up for the fact that it, it's not enough to balance out that the hits just keep coming. And so I think knowing that January is ending I think was another trigger for me and I had been conscious of that this weekend. And so I think that paired with the alarm clock trigger, the month of being burned out, 
and sensing that the month and the alarm clock trigger and then sensing the month is coming to a close. And I had just that this weekend. I was like, oh my gosh. And it happened last night, actually. I scheduled a call and I said to Jeremy, it's not for like a couple weeks. So it's like February 7th. And then I was like, oh wait, that's, that's next week. I was like, where did January go? I just feel like I was just trying to hold on and survive and manage the burnout all month. And I think, so last night actually is when the seed was planted of, it doesn't really feel like you've made much progress this month. And if every month goes on like this, you're, this year is going to feel excruciating. Um, and yet, I also, I'm really proud of myself. Like, I'm proud of myself for how I handled January. I did my best. I'm proud of myself for how I handled this weekend. I did my best. I'm proud of myself for how I handled this day. Like, I did my best. I used my tools. I tried to call my body. I tried to work. I try, tried to listen to my body. I'm trying to, you know, creatively work in this way that like at some point it hit me. Maybe I just need to record today as a very vulnerable podcast episode because as I said, I think there are a lot of days that it would have felt like such a gift to just hear somebody else struggling who again is is trying. And I think that's the difference, you know. I think sometimes the examples that we see maybe in media or whatever are the more extreme ones where it feels like – and I can't even think of an example. Isn't that so silly that like – I have this fear that people are going to think that struggling means you've got a headache and you're smacking yourself in the face with a frying pan because you're just sitting in the suffering. Like, why don't you choose a positive attitude? Why don't you look on the bright side? Like, I am afraid that that's what people think of suffering. And yet everyone that I know that's suffering is also doing really well. Like, and it's really beautiful how they're supporting themselves and they're working to heal and they're being proud of themselves. And so I have to believe if you are listening, if you're hearing my voice right now, you've made it to the end of this podcast episode. Like, you only did that because you're doing really well too. Like you're trying. You're trying to grow. You're trying to heal. You're trying to love yourself well. You're trying to be proud of yourself. And and because of that, you should be. Like you should be proud of yourself. You should like put your hand on your heart and be like, I like, I love you. I love you for the fact that you loved you. <laughs> like it's a very meta, um, meta feeling, but I'm also just looking out at the sunset, like the clouds are all pink and purple and champagne color. And it's just amazing out there. And it's, it's wild that both things can be true. 
Like you can feel so traumatized and grieving and in such pain. You can feel really scared and unsafe. And you could feel rage and anger and anxiety. And you could feel like, how is this happening to me? And you also can feel really blessed and really grateful and know that so many people have it worse and that you have so much to be grateful for. And you can know that so many people have it better. And are not having to walk through what you're walking through. And we're in a really similar situation and it went fine. It went great. It went awesome. It was easy. Like, so you can go back into that side of like, well, but all the positivity isn't just it. And then you can go back to, I know, but I'm, I'm looking out at this huge body of water. Like, and I'm watching boats go by and... I have my little kitten in the other room. Like, it's just both. There are times when I just think about the galaxy and being alive and I find so much magic in it. And then there's times when I'm really honest about my next few years and what the fallout is from this grief. And I know that I'm not wrong to be angry and I'm not wrong to be grieving and I'm not wrong to be scared like all of those feelings are valid and the sunset is really beautiful and I did the best that I could today and I know you did too oh wait one more thing don't miss this before you go love P.S. something I'm loving lately is my past self for loving my future self because last week knowing that I was burning out or maybe it was even just over the weekend when I was slowing down to be like okay what can I what can I do to make this better I just was at a point of I'm starting to just get really resentful really frustrated like I just feel the the burnout coming more every week and I need to like reset this and so I scheduled a chiropractor appointment for myself tonight and a uh, massage, excuse me, because I know that I start to get tension in my neck when I'm burnt out and I want to get ahead of it instead of waiting until it's incredibly painful and then I have to go. So I appreciate that. And then I know from all of my research on the nervous system that massage triggers like all four of the positive feel-good hormones like oxytocin, dopamine, serotonin. There's one I'm forgetting. Um, and I thought today was going to have been a super productive work day and then I was going to feel really exultant going to this. And instead I'm like, you know, eking out one measly little podcast episode here and deciding to be proud of that and now heading off to these two appointments and yeah, I'm just grateful to myself like I, I'm grateful for that mindset that I have now that when that that's the way I think of it is I'm loving my future self I'm taking care of her in advance I'm not gonna let her get into the depths of despair again I'm not gonna let her run her body into the ground 
I'm going to be looking out for her in advance. Um, and even if that's just a few days at a time being like, okay, we're starting to get, we're starting to get real struggle bus here. What can we do that's going to make us feel better? And I didn't know that today was going to be hard. And yet I had this supportive ending to look forward to. And I have a, um, call that I'm attending later hosted by my friend Liz, um, that is just going to be positive, encouraging mindset stuff. And so there as well, just being like, okay, the content that, and I only saw her, um, post about it today and I hopped on it, but even there, like, okay, Larry, the content you were taking in on Instagram was still supporting yourself because the people that you follow on Instagram are in support of yourself. And so the things that they might be sharing any day can speak to you. So you're not over there feeling worse about yourself. You don't follow anyone that makes you feel competitive or whatever. You're just following people that either are funny or pretty inspiration or good information or are really on this like how to human better journey with you. And therefore, even when you turn to a quote distraction – you actually turn to like really good wisdom over in your Instagram stories there. And now you're getting to like go to a community call tonight with someone that makes you feel good, um, a fellow colleague that I love and respect and beyond other people. So I will also say that you should be grateful to yourself for listening to this podcast and for seeking out this kind of resonance um, because you're doing something good for yourself that makes you feel less alone, that tells you whether right now you're going through something really hard and lets you know you're not alone or in tells you in the future. When I'm going through something hard, I can think back to these other stories that I've heard of women who are in that situation and I, I don't even have to seek them out in the moment and find the perfect podcast. I can remember Just like I told you here, I was like, I remember Brene Brown shared something. That was a Brene Brown episode from like June and it's still blessing me. So I'm proud of you. I'm grateful that you're here and we are both doing great. Till next Wednesday. 